Poppy, what is going on, my guy? Going on, dude. We're a little, uh, little, little, <laughs> little far away now from uh, from what we normally do, but uh, I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We're dealing with uh, whatever in the hell the name of this uh, this storm is that it's got a cold as shit here in uh, northern Maryland, southern Pennsylvania. You're in northern Maryland. I'm in southern Pennsylvania. Um, it's cold as shit. Decided not to risk it on any ice or anything. And just uh, figured, fuck it, we'll give it a shot doing this. Yeah. So this is uh, this is this is kind of like a dry run for us. I guess you I guess you could say. Um, for the future, me and Holman are planning on being in the same room. We're not just going to do this remotely because where's the fucking fun and all that. So, um, but yeah, here we are revved up, ready to go and, uh, ready to give it to you live from Holman's house and my house. And I can tell you what, Hey, this episode is going to be shorter than what you guys are used to because we can only record for 40 minutes. Because we are not trying to pay for uh, Zoom. Zoom Pro. Zoom yeah, Pro. not doing it. Uh, especially because, like, in the future, we're going to be using a different system. We're not going to be using Zoom, so we don't really need it. Kate, what are you doing? You're doing weird shit again. Exactly. So here we are. This is going to be a short one. See what you guys think about it. There's going to be tweets to come. Keeping it festive. Holman is. I'm not. So we're going to give it a go. We're going to see what happens. And, uh, this will not be the finished product. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes from Heard that. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> put put on do not disturb. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That's it. It is a good idea. As you see, I have a re- real lively background here. Real lively. A lot going on. You at least got an autographed uh, Ray Ray jersey behind you there. So I mean, you got something. I got Mountain Dew hard seltzers. Yeah, and then on the other side, I do have the Stephon Diggs jersey, one of Maryland's own. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm strapped. I'm ready. I'm good to go. I could go uh, scotch tape the the signed Asante Samuel jersey back there. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Could do it. Not going to. But uh, all right, let's hop into a little content here. So Friday episode, like normal, everyone's used to that. Um, like we said, it's gonna be a little bit shorter, a little weird. So uh, I hope everyone can. Uh, can watch the video like when we post the post the video hopefully everything turns out okay audio is good pictures good everything like that but let's hop into it so tuesday we did an episode we gave you last week's um how we did on money line and spread so we're not going to do that but we will give you what we got this week what do you yeah, got? Let's I mean, get let's get right into the to the generic talk right in the sports. I mean, I mean just just to, just to, again recap if you guys in, in case everybody forgot last week Holman went one for one I went or went one and one I went over two uh, this week for my uh, for my money line I'm actually gonna go I'm actually gonna go Bengals money line against the New England Patriots. Okay, they're sitting at minus one seventy six right now. The Bengals are on fire. As a Ravens fan, I do hate to say that, but they are on absolute fire right now. It's going to come down to week 18. It 100% is. Yeah, it, yeah, it really will. I mean, the Ravens do have two favorable matchups here over the last two weeks. This two last next two weeks with the Falcons this week and the Steelers coming up. The Ravens can actually clinch a playoff spot this week if the uh, if either if if either the Packers win or the Bengals win. Yeah. All the Ravens have to do that at that point is just handle their own. Um, I trust the Bengals more than I trust the Packers. At this uh, stage of the game, yeah. At this stage, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Bengals just erased a seventeen point comeback, a seventeen point deficit to beat 
Tom Brady and the Patriots. So, I mean, the Bengals are on fire. Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and rock with them for my money line. As far as the um, as far as my spread goes, I'm going to take uh, Houston a plus three and a half this week. Uh, last two weeks, Houston has played two top-tier teams in the NFL in Dallas and Kansas City. They played them both close. Yeah, scrappy bunch over there. Yeah, yeah, we kind of talked about it on Tuesday. Houston's just a real scrappy bunch. They're, I mean, they're 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 playing for each other. They already know this season's already kind of done. They're heading right towards the number one pick. Um, but playing a playing a Tennessee team is actually not going to have Ryan Tannehill this week. So I'm going to rock with the Houston Texans at plus three and a half against one of them. Okay, all right. I also just want to I just want to point out where, like. Uh... Tom Brady and the Patriots are so synonymous that you said Tom Brady uh, and the Patriots yeah. and, and not the Bucks. Yeah, man, I hate when I, I hate when I do that. It's it's just so synonymous. It's hard Tom not Brady, to. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I'm sorry. It's just so synonymous. It's hard not to. Um, so for spread, I actually have the Detroit Lions at minus two and a half at minus one fifteen odds against the Carolina Panthers. So they will be in Carolina. That Lions that Lions offense is something lethal. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really playing well. And then I'm actually on the same boat as you. I got the Texans on the upset at plus one forty four. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just just given how Tennessee looked when Ryan Tannehill was out, they had to go with Malik Willis, a guy who I'm a very big believer in. Just just based on how they look, yeah, he doesn't look like he's ready for NFL football just yet. I don't know how much has changed in just a few in just five weeks. Yeah, he's he's super raw. He's just a raw talent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he's he's sort of on the um, he's sort of on the docket for what we're going to be talking about next. So we'll just go ahead and slide right into, right into that. Might as well. Ryan Tannehill's being shut down for the rest of the year due to an ankle injury, regardless yeah. regardless of making the playoffs or not at this point, which is up in the air for Tennessee. Um, so they're going to end up they're going to rock with Malik Willis here for the next for the last part of the season. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, it's a bit of a gamble, given how the team is given how the team is so close to winning the AFC South title. They're gonna I, lose it. Uh, yeah, I mean, also based on how um, Jacksonville looked last night, which again we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, you know, the, the the Titans are at a really a really tough uh, impasse right now because they just fired the GM. Um, you know, if they miss the playoffs, I think Mike Vrabel could be on the way out too. Um, I think I think Vrabel's a bit of a stretch, but I think he does have the possibility to be fired. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good question as far as what happens next. I think, um, you know, I think, I think Tannehill is gone after this year. I'm pretty sure he can, he can be cut at no cost to the team. I think you're right. Or, at, or at very minimal cost, I should say. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll end up getting rid of him, rocking with Malik Willis. Maybe there's somebody in the draft they'd like a little bit more, uh, than Malik. Um, outside of those top guys, I don't really know who else, who else he'd really like. That's him. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, maybe just find somebody on the, on the later end of the later end of the draft to to bring in. Um, taking a flyer on a guy like Hendon Hooker might not be a bad idea. I mean, he's going to miss most of next season with a with his torn ACL, but I mean, eventually he might he might be worth a damn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, who, who knows? Malik Willis could come could come in next year and really surprise a lot of people. Right. Similar, similar to the way Lamar Jackson did. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, a person Lamar was a first round pick. Malik Willis was a third round pick. So, 
so so there there is gonna be a bit a, a bit of a a bit of a difference there. But um what are your what are your thoughts on the Titans here for the rest of this season and heading into eventually the off season as well? I think for the Titans you gotta start looking at a rebuild. Um it, and maybe not a rebuild, but maybe a revamp might be the might be the best way to word it. Um <clears throat> like you said, Ryan Tannehill's gone. You're gonna you're gonna get rid of him. Um is Malik Willis a guy? Give him a couple games, see what he's got, see what's in the tank, see if there's any, um, any like little things that you can like tweak out in the off season and, and like grow and like get better. Excuse me, probably heard that. Um, All right, it is what it is. Um, so you got to kind of see what you have in him at quarterback. Uh, definitely, you got to start exploring some options as far as trades and like getting some pieces back in. Um, I think I think two guys that you could really see, realistically see potentially on the trade market. One more surprising than the other. Robert Woods is one of them. Um, cause he's he's got quite the cap hit coming over from the Rams because they were just paying anybody who wanted money money, like right. they didn't give a damn. The Titans aren't built like that. They don't have that same. They don't have that same uh, wallet depth that uh, they got over there. They don't. Have, they don't. They don't have the same mentality that that uh, that the Rams have. I mean the Ram. The Rams bought every single player they could they could conceivably do, um, just to win a Super Bowl. Goal accomplished last year. Now they're paying for it this year. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, obviously, it's not a sustainable way of running a team in the NFL. No, no. So, um, I think Robert Woods is a guy you could see on the move. Maybe get like a third round pick out of him, something like that. I mean, it, it, he's a good number two receiver for a team. Yeah, he's a good number two, a great number three re- receiver for some teams. Um, is someone like the Cowboys potentially that that'd be a good spot for him. Pair him up with uh, CD Lamb, uh, their number one receiver over there. I think that'd be that'd be a pretty good one-two punch. Michael Gallup thrown in the mix there too. Um, Cowboys would be a good option for that. The surprising one, dude. I'm not gonna lie to you. Titans gotta start thinking about trading Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, like at at some point, that is something that does have to be considered as well. I don't think it's um, I think it's I think it's a little. I mean, you and I agree to a certain extent. I think it's a little bit more surprising than a lot of people might think, but um, you know, you do have to consider it eventually, just because he is getting up there in age. Uh, the running back position isn't a very sustainable position in the NFL anymore. Right. And it gets to a point now where it's okay if we want to continue doing if you, if we want to continue being a successful team. You know, we are eventually going to have guys to pay. We're going to have to pay to bring guys in. Yep. Um, Derrick Henry did sign a pretty big deal a few seasons back. Maybe moving off of his contract wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Um, but just Tennessee's luck, they trade him away to somebody who they actually played, and he will just absolutely demolish them this season. It's it's not that Derrick Henry doesn't have anything left in the tank, but he's got he's got some miles on him. He does. He, he, has, he has some mileage. He has some wear on him. I mean, last year he missed – Geez, how many games? Six, seven games. Yeah, it was somewhere in there. Uh, but I mean, dude, like, and they're starting to they're starting to pile up too. The injuries are starting to pile up on him. Like, he's getting he's getting a little bit more banged up than he was yeah. early in his clear in his career. So, I and that that's going to get you a hefty haul back in. And, and the thing with Derrick Henry is those games where it's like the games where you see him go for, you know, a buck fifty plus with three touchdowns. Those are coming few and far between now at this point. Teams are starting to get hit to what he's able to what he does do well, and they're and they're starting to counter 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 attack that whenever he's on the field. Yeah, 
Derrick Henry's not very good in passing in passing situations. Nope. You always you always know when he's on the field. Okay, they're gonna run the ball, or he's gonna throw it, or he or he's gonna throw it. And based on and based on who's playing quarterback with with it being Tannehill and now with it being Malik Willis here over the last half of, here over the last half of grief last three games of the year you're really going to see the box really stacked against Derrick Henry whenever he's in the game oh yeah i mean the one game i mean the two games where Malik Willis was in the was in at quarterback i'm pretty sure he had less than 150 yards total over two games oh yeah teams are going to be like okay we're going to take away that guy you go ahead try to throw it beat it yeah yeah and i mean look Despite how despite how bad the team looks, Lovey Smith is a very good defensive coach, and he knows. Okay, look, I'm going to be able to get my guys prepared adequately. Mm-hmm. So when it's time for him to take the field, all right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw him off his game big time, and we're going to have the upper hand. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's ended up. That's why I took the Texans to beat the Titans, and I was like, dude, I think. I think I think Texas got to get a little bit more love than what they're getting, and it's, they're not going to play themselves out of the number one pick. Like they're lock and key the number one pick. Yeah. Like I think I think they're bad enough that mm-hmm. even Detroit or not Detroit Christmas uh, Chicago has enough wins that I don't think Houston can blow the number one pick. That's a good question. That I don't know about. Um, that I can check real quick and I can tell you because right Houston Houston is still at one win. Yeah. I don't know how many wins Chicago has. Three or four, potentially? Chicago has three. So there is the possibility that Chicago could still end up with the number one pick. Well, the beauty of that is um, even if they get the number one overall pick, unless the Texans wanted to take Will Anderson at number one, which they'd be stupid to do if they took yeah. Will Anderson over their franchise quarterback and Bryce Young. Um, they'll, even if they have two, they're still able to get Bryce Young at two. I think stupid is probably is, is the wrong thing to say because, I, I mean, similar to how it was with Chase Young – Two years, two years ago, with with the Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, and all and all of them coming in into the NFL, I thought Chase Young was the best player in the draft. I still think he is talent wise. Um, so taking the best player talent wise wouldn't be a bad decision. Um, especially you know another thing, especially given how many how many teams are not quarterback needy at the top end of the draft. I mean, Houston does pick what. 12th, 11th, 13th, somewhere, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Of, say that again. Somewhere in there. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of teams who are going to need a quarterback at that point. Um, but again, you know, you you want to get your guy where you can get him, and I think Bryce Young's going to be their guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, they pick again at 13. That's how it sits right now. That's all contingent on how the Cleveland Browns end up doing as well. Um. So, losing the number one pick to Chicago, that's not the end of the world because Denver has enough wins at this point. Um, that Seattle, I think, is, I think Seattle at worst can pick uh, second, or at best can pick second. I don't think Seattle can slide into the number two, number three, number number one spot. Yeah, well, that's also based on the fact that the Texans go three and zero these last three weeks, which I do not think that they do. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they do. I think. I think Houston is competitive over the last three games because right now they're playing. It's all division games, so I mean, they will be. It will be good competitive games. They're at Tennessee, at home for Jacksonville, and at Indianapolis. Yeah, um, 
Jacksonville's playing really, really good right now. They could conceivably go two and one. They could really go three and zero. Oh. I, I I wouldn't really I wouldn't really count out like count it against Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indianapolis because that is an abysmal division. It really is. They're still better than the NFC South. That is very true. That's 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 very true. I will give you that. Although a squirrel with two broken legs is still better than the NFC South right now. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're a Titans fan. I wouldn't be surprised you see a little bit of a revamped um, Titans offense coming on here. Um, another guy I could potentially see is uh, their left tackle, Taylor, Taylor Lewan. Um, he is a good left tackle. I'll give him that. Um, but he's had some injury issues lately, and he's coming up on a payday himself. So I think I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you see um, him getting moved on from as well. Yeah. Um... And you know, sp- speaking of the Titans, I was looking at our I was looking at our mock draft for the first round for them. We have them taking Jackson Smith and Jigba, so we already are having them go in another direction as far as that offense goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team that runs the ball as much as they do, of course, you would always think, okay, offensive line is probably what we're going to look at. But you know, they're so they're so hamstrung on what they have playmaker wise outside yeah. outside of Derrick Henry and. Um, uh, Chigo Conquo, he, he's kind of started to come into his own here in the last few games. Uh, their rookie tight end for Maryland, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, outside of that, they really don't have a consistent pass catcher. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba would provide that to him, regardless of who ends up playing quarterback, whether they end up getting somebody in the first round, um, or whether they roll with uh, roll with Malik Willis, that'll remain to be seen, but um. Well, they could also take Bijan there if they wanted to. If they want, if they were moving off of Derrick Henry, go from Derrick Henry to Bijan Robinson. That's not a bad idea either. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're kind of taking like somebody in the like that's like the exact opposite of what you already have. I mean, Derrick Henry is such a downhill between the tackles type of runner. Bijan Robinson, he can take it outside, he can do it outside, he can do it outside inside, catch the ball, all that shit. Um, not saying Derrick Henry can't run outside of the tackles because Derrick Henry can do damn near anything he fucking wants to. Um, that defensive end playing running back. He really is when you when you look at him size wise. I mean, I mean his ponytail has to weigh at least ten pounds. Minimum, bare minimum. Minimum. That thing. That thing is like solid. I've never seen it move. So you make a good point. Legitimately, when like if you watch Derrick Henry run, you've never seen his ponytail. You make a good point. Uh, but there is um, there is another team that now their future is kind of being called into the question as well. Um, this kind of sent me from all from last night. Uh, so on the you know this is the only Thursday night football game I've watched all season. What what a Thursday night football game to watch. I know I know what what a game to watch. But it was uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars heading up north to East Rutherford, New Jersey, to take on the New York Jets. Uh, Jaguars pulled out that win, nineteen to three. Really shouldn't have even have been that close. Um, did you watch this game at all? I didn't watch any of this game. Okay, so I will tell you, uh, Ravens fans should be very, very blessed with the fact that we have Tyler Huntley. Because if we had, if we had to watch Zach Wilson go out there, we would literally, you would have broken every appliance in your household with a hammer. <laughs> Zach Wilson, I like I so I didn't I didn't watch last night. So correct me if I'm wrong by all means, everybody. I think the game's just too fast for him. Like I don't think like they say like by like Thanksgiving of year two, the game started to slow down a little bit for you. 
Like it, it, it shouldn't start. It should be slowed down for you. I don't think that's the case for him. I don't think it's slowed down at all for him. You know, here's the thing with Zach Wilson. You know, he played at BYU, right? Yeah. So BYU, they're not. They're not the. Um... Hold on one second. I'm trying to pull. I'm trying to pull his stats from college. Okay. Um, Probably not very good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Zach Wilson was always regarded as this project. He was always, always going to be a project. Um, but the problem is, is that the the speed of the game is just so fast for him. He's not able to. He's not able to comprehend what's going on. And when he finally does comprehend, like, okay, look. My guy is running this. The defense is in this, so I can go ahead and throw it here. It should be open. You know, by the time he realizes and diagnoses what the defense is actually throwing at him, he's not able to – he's not really able to keep up with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, through his through his career at BYU, he started in 28 of the 30 games that he played in, completed, completed about 67% of his passes uh, yeah. for six. 7,600 yards, 56 touchdowns, 15 picks, um, and ran for 693 yards and 15 touchdowns. But 33 of his 56 touchdowns came in his, it came in his junior year. Three of his 15 interceptions came in his junior year. And 10 of his 15 rushing touchdowns also came in his junior year. So, I mean, that was really the year where people are like, okay, look, this guy is a NFL caliber quarterback. And I mean, yeah, thirty-three touchdowns to three interceptions is very to three is very good. Seventy-four percent of your passes completed, that's very good as well. Ten rushing touchdowns, that's outstanding. But you know, you weren't really I mean, nobody knew about you up until up until that up until that season. Yeah. All also, like no disrespect to BYU, but who are they playing? Right, exactly. You know, that's another thing. That's another thing you got to look at. I can pull that up right now for you, and I can tell you. I mean, they finish as the number eleven team in the country. Okay. Um, they played. They beat Navy fifty-five to three, Troy forty-eight to seven, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Houston, um, Texas State, Western Kentucky. Uh, they did beat number twenty-one Boise State on the road, fifty-one to seventeen that year. Um, they lost to Coastal Carolina. That I mean, that was Coastal Carolina's undefeated season. Um, but I mean, like none of those teams you look at, and you're like, wow, holy shit. I mean, I think the best team they, I think the best team they played all year was probably UCF when they played them in the in the Boca Raton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they didn't really play anybody that was like wild that they that they that they shouldn't have played that they like they beat everybody they should have beat yeah and like that's the thing about the smaller schools is you got to take a look like yeah they're not throwing to the same caliber caliber players that like alabama georgia ohio state michigan like like byu is not getting those kinds of players and i get that but they're also not playing as good of teams you know what i mean like like alabama has to play lsu every single year yeah. They have to play Auburn every single year. Auburn would probably wax BYU. No question. It, no. It's, it, it's, just, it's just a different breed. So, I, I mean, to some degree, like, you got to have that. But the thing with Zach Wilson is he, he does not make the easy look easy. 
You have to. You have to make the easy look easy. You have to hit the layups. You have to make a layup before you can shoot a three. You got. You got to make the easy look easy. Which when which when I was when I was watching the game last night, all those throws that were right there in front of him that were easy completions, something that something that he should have done very very easily, they were there and he wasn't completing them. I mean, of course, it's easy for you and I to sit here with, you know, I got a headset on my fucking head. You you bailed on yours because uh, you couldn't get the settings right. But, um, you know, I'm wearing a Christmas long sleeve shirt. You got to you know, we're doing a podcast about it. He's playing in the NFL. But, dude, I mean, easy throws are easy throws. Right. But I mean, even even hearing uh, Kirk Herbstreit talk about it last night, he, even even he admitted this is not something that Zach Wilson is doing. He's not taking what's there. He's not taking what's easy. I mean, last night, Zach Wilson went nine for 18 with 92 yards and an interception. He ran the ball once for a yard. Chris Stregler comes in with three minutes left in the third quarter, goes 10 of 15. Already completed more passes on less attempts for 90 yards. And had fifty and had fifty four yards rushing. I don't even know who that is. Exactly. Couldn't I couldn't tell you. With, with three minutes left in the third quarter, he almost threw for more yards than than the entire offense did. Had the entire had the entire game. That's kind of pathetic. The only reason why they scored three points last night is because Trevor Lawrence got sacked by Quentin Williams and mm-hmm. fumbled, and fumbled it. Um, in plus territory for the Jets. The Jets ran four plays after that. Negative three yards. Good Lord. They made the field goal harder for Greg Zerline. Only the Jets, man. Only the Jets. So now, so now it comes into question, okay, you draft Zach Wilson number two overall, which is – which at this point you're like, wow, holy crap, what a, what a, what a terrible pick. So now you have to think to yourself, well, what do you do from here? Do you give up on this number two overall pick? Mm-hmm. Do you outright cut him? Do you trade? Does he have any trade value whatsoever? If you get rid of him, who are you going to rock with? Mike White. You don't even know who Chris Trevler is for a I'm season. Surprised. I'm surprised Joe Flacco is even standing. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's and and you know the thing with the Jets is they're too good to get one of the top tier guys. So the thing is, is you got to move on from from Zach Wilson. Like that's at this point now. At this point now, yes, because after every single play, regardless if it was a drop pass or regardless if it was a ten yard gain, which they didn't have it, uh, Zach Wilson got booed after every play. He's lost the fans. He lost the receiving core. Yep. Yeah, like he's done. He's he's done in New York. I'm not saying Zach Wilson isn't a talented quarterback. He has a place in this league somewhere. Where that place is, I'm not sure. Maybe on the bench for a year or two, humble him a little bit because I think I think he's got a little arrogance to him, which is fine. I like my quarterback to have a little arrogance to him. There's nothing, um, wrong, with, there's nothing wrong with a little arrogance. That's okay. right. Right. Like, I, I look. You can handle that. But I saw I saw a comparison today. CBS Sports posted a comparison on their page. Comparing Zach Wilson to Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell, Jamarcus Russell is labeled as the all-time biggest bust in NFL history. Dude, Zach Wilson's up there. But I will say, from my perspective, sitting on the outside, not not 
not having anything to do with that organization or an organization at all. I don't work in one. I don't think missing on a top five draft pick sets your team back. I think the unwillingness to move off of that and admit that it's a bust is what sets your team back. Get rid like look at the like look at the Cardinals. Now granted they got lucky. You know, they got they got rid of Josh Rosen. They were able to go right into Kyler Murray. Um so like that's fine. But like not every team's able to do that, but just just move off. Like just you see what Zach Wilson is. And he's not yeah. good in the locker room either. Yeah, and you know, people people will go ahead and say, Oh, it's just the Jets being the Jets. Mike White had a lot of success when he was in there. He ran the offense very, very well. Joe Flacco won games this year. He was having 300 yards passing a game. Chris Strebler had no problem moving the ball last night. So when three other guys can do your job better than you. It's you're the issue. You're, yeah, you're, you were you the are issue. The, yeah, you are the problem. It'd be, right. one thing, it'd be one thing if they were trying three different quarterbacks and all three of them suck too. So they're yeah. – they're just gonna let you play because you're because you're the number two pick. No, they're like at this point now they're waiting for Mike White to come back from injury to keep you on the bench to yep. to inactivate you every week. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild. They're they're gonna have to move off of Zach Wilson. Who's gonna end up being the quarterback for the Jets next year? That'll be a very good question. It could be Derek Carr. I think it's a great pickup for them. I think if they go out and get Derek Carr, I think that's a great pickup. They have, pl- they have pl- plenty of options receiving-wise. The offensive line needs some work, but they can do something with that in the first round this year. They're but, also on, like, their seventh or eighth string, like, left tackle over there. Like, they have gotten real unlucky over there. They really ha- they really have, but, you know, Zach Wilson had these issues last year, too. Oh, yeah. they had, And he didn't – he hasn't progressed at all this upcoming season. So, you know, it def- he's definitely the issue. Um, oh, yeah. I think um, I'll go ahead and say it now. Derek Carr to the Jets next year. I love it. I'll, I'll say I'll say that now. I don't know where the I don't know where the Jets are picking, or what the case is there. Uh, um, we can find out. If the season ended right now, based on our based on our mock draft, the, the Jets are picking seventeenth. So would a first so would a first round pick and maybe a third be enough for you to get um, Derek Carr away from? Away from the Raiders? First round pick. Ship him Zach Wilson. Uh, somebody like uh Denzel Mims, wide receiver. Your first your first your first this year, your third this year. And then a contingent pick the next year next year plus Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean the point the point is you gotta give it to Zach Wilson. Like you gotta ship him somewhere. Locking key, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's not a question. He he ha- he has to go. He has to go. So wherever wherever you're sending him, uh, I mean, out to Vegas, like I said, give him give him seventeen. As it sits right now, it's seventeen. Give him seventeen. Zach Wilson, maybe Denzel Mims, young wide receiver, little little talent there. Um, I don't know. Maybe you give him maybe you give him a defensive piece or something because that seems to be like what Vegas needs a little bit more. But Josh McDaniels might also be salivating at the mouth having Denzel Mims and Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. That's his offense. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, maybe Zach will. Maybe Josh McDaniels can hitch his wagon to to, to Zach Wilson, and maybe he can turn things around for Zach Wilson. I mm-hmm. don't think it's going to happen. No, and and 
also remember that the the Raiders do still have their first round pick too, and right. we they're they're at eleven right now, so they could still go. They could still be in the contention for someone like Anthony Richardson, um, potentially C.J. Stroud, depending on how far down he drops as well too. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the, Ra- the Raiders are a real interesting team here here this upcoming offseason. What are they going to do with Derek Carr as they move off of him? They'll get a first round pick from a team for Derek. Oh Carr. yeah. I think I think the Jets are close. They're a quarterback away from being a real legitimate playoff team. We said that about the Broncos too. They got a quarterback now. They're stinking it up. They said the Broncos are are a court, are, are a legitimate quarterback away from contending. I think the Jets are a quarterback away from being a legitimate playoff team. I'm saying two different things. The Broncos were they were they were a quarterback away from contending for a Super Bowl. Right. I think the Jets are a quarterback away from being in playoff conversation every year. Yeah, that's fair. Based, based on how their defense is playing, I mean, I, I think I think they're I think they're right there, um, but of course it, that will remain to be seen. Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram got um, got Sauce Gardner good last night. <clears throat> he got him real good. That is a guy. That's a guy who's playing really really good. That's a guy who's playing his way into a contract. Evan you're a little Ingram, bi- you're a little biased on that one because he's helping your fantasy squads out. But then again, Evan Ingram went for seven catches for 113 yards. Yeah, he's had two back to back good weeks. I think he's at three now at this point. Oh, well. All right. We got five minutes left. We got two things left to get to. Number one, rest in peace to Franco Harris and Ronnie, Ronnie Hillman. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I didn't know what, I didn't know what was going on with, um, with Franco Harris. I know he's up there in age, but Ronnie Hillman, he had a, he had a disease that really took a, took a turn for the worse here over the last few days. So yeah. rest in peace to both of them. Yeah. Last subject. Switching gears, going to a completely different sport, all season for this sport. Uh, what a time to be alive. Dude, the Mets, the New York Mets are all in. I mean, they're, they're, they're bringing Brinks trucks out for whoever damn near wants one. Yeah, so if, if you guys haven't paid attention, the, the Mets have spent around $800 million in, um, in free agents this year. Their payroll, their payroll is, is going to be the highest in the MLB by 33%. That's higher than the Dodgers, who don't give a damn. They'll give anybody money. Higher than the Yankees. They're a little bit stingier with their money, but they still they, – they pay big names, a lot of money. Yeah. But the Dodgers don't pay anybody. So so now now it's becoming an issue with the rest of the owners because they think Steve Cohen is now trying, trying to monopolize baseball, which I don't blame them because his luxury tax, tax bill is going to be higher than the payroll of nine MLB teams. Good night. Yeah, so I mean, signing signing people like Verlander and Brandon Nimmo to their deals—that wasn't really the big deal. It was the Carlos Correa thing. Yeah, signing him to a three hundred million dollar deal, stealing him away from the Giants like that. Yeah, um, that was what really got people up in arms. So, um, it's 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 gonna it's it's gonna be an interesting baseball season, to say the least. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, as an Orioles fans, we were starting to we were starting to put some pieces together at the end of last season. Um, I mean, really, it was in the middle of the season, but the end of the season was exciting because of that that middle of the season part there. So we got some new – we're going to have some new fresh faces up in the MLB. I'm looking forward to it, man. But I also yeah, grew up playing baseball, so I love baseball a little bit more than probably most. Absolutely. I'm, def- I'm definitely there, too. Yeah. Well, my guy, we made it work this week. Hopefully, everybody enjoys the video podcast. Like I said, hopefully, the video quality is okay. Hopefully, it sounds okay. Um, 
something we were looking into uh, getting into at some point anyway, but it, under a little bit of a different, different set, we would still be hanging out at the lab there. Poppies uh, microphones is normal. So hopefully everything is good. Hopefully everybody has a very Merry Christmas and happy holidays, whatever you guys celebrate. Yeah. Uh, stay safe, stay warm, enjoy time with the family. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Santa brought you what you were asking for. Yep. Thanks guys. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the video. Uh, happy, happy holidays from the Poppy Normal Sports Lab to you and your family. And we will catch you on the next one. See you guys.